Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of Thoughts on Films with me, Fikri. Um, we are here uh, recording our first episode in the month of Shawal. And so, therefore, we'll be thinking aloud on films in Malaysia and beyond by wishing each and every single one of you uh, Selamat Hari Raya for those of you who are celebrating this uh, particular month. Uh, doing that with me today is our good brother Muz from India. Hello, brother Muz. Hey, man. Hello, everyone. Selamat Raya. <laughs> yes, hi. <laughs> Thank you for joining us uh, today, brother Muz. How was uh, Raya for you in India? It's just like uh, pretty much the same as everywhere. I believe pretty much the same as you as well. Uh, all these um, lockdowns still going on. There's nothing much that uh, we can do. It's just, just like any other day. Mm. Uh, just that you know, we can have breakfast. So yeah, there's nothing special this year. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, hopefully things will be improving by... Uh, yeah, next year. Yes. So we we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully, uh, we are. I, I don't know. I, hopefully, we don't have to wait until Raya next year for things to improve. <laughs> um, it will be quite a feat if we are still in lockdown twelve months from now. So, so yeah. Let, let's let's pray for the best. Uh, hope for the best, and stay safe uh, and sound wherever and whenever you may be, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today's show is uh, going to be split into two parts as ever. The first part, uh, we are going to have a look at some shenanigans going on back home with uh, new leadership right at the very top of the National Film Development Corporation Malaysia, also known as FINAS. And um, the coronavirus, uh, I guess you could say, uh, post-COVID-19 uh, filmmaking um, situation, uh, the, the kind of standard operating uh, procedures that, that we should be working with um, or not. Um, we'll be talking a bit more about that. In the second half, we'll be talking about the British and Indian film industries and how they respond to that uh, in terms of guidelines published for filmmakers to follow. And of course, brother, something that I know both you and I are looking forward to greatly, uh, a greater discussion about the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. I... I, I, I usually try not to talk so much about the the political side of things like this because in in my experience it feels like the discussion shifts fairly quickly but but i feel that this is a development that we must comment on uh, at least uh, very briefly uh, and at the very least just to share with you guys that the national film development corporation malaysia finas uh, has a new chairman uh, he is uh, zakaria abdul hamid taking over from uh, Hans Isaac, uh, the actor and producer, who was uh, in situ only uh, for a year or so, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Not so long. Uh, this uh, Zakaria, uh, Mr. Zakaria Abdul Hamid, was appointed by Saifuddin Abdullah, the communications and multimedia minister. Quite frankly, I don't really know him all that well, because certainly in a film context, he does not have uh, the kind of film background background um, that, that you would associate with someone who you would think is suitable to take over as a chairman of FINAS. Uh, but he is uh, often described in a lot of reports as a businessman and community activist. Uh, he's also most certainly a politician, a former uh, PKR division chief in Berah, 
and uh, also a former political secretary to the works minister. Uh, unfortunately, in the PKR context, uh, he was sacked from the party. Uh, something else that's always been noted in a lot of uh, reports in recent days, he has a degree in urban planning from California State University. Never have I heard the term film and California State University together so often in the past <laughs> over many days since the announcement of his uh, appointment. Um, this is a quote from the good man Zakaria himself. Uh, Mr. Zakaria said, The team that we have appointed is a team with expertise and uh, they will assist me in making any decisions. I am the driver to this team and I will make sure that the vehicle that I am driving will not slip or run through anybody. I think, ladies and gentlemen, for my part, it's hard to disagree with that. It's always good to make sure that you don't run into people, um, especially if you are the driver of any kind of vehicle. But uh, just want to get a quick uh, take from you on this, uh, Brother Mus. Um, a non-film person, uh, a political person, appointed as the person to lead uh, Finas, or one of the persons leading Finas. Um, we'll, we'll get a bit more into that later on. Your thoughts on this? Um, should it always be a film person leading the, the, the film development corporation? <laughs> well, it's not, it's not something new that Finas putting someone that doesn't, uh, that did, didn't came from, doesn't came from the creative industry to hit Finas. Mm -hmm. It happened before in Finas. If you look at the trip record, uh, some of those uh, uh, before you know, Finas came up from the CEO and all uh, the new structure, the, uh, the, the director of Finas, you know, is a mix of those from the industry, from the uh, non-industry. Mm. And uh, of course, these people that have been uh, pointed to hit Finas, previously uh, well-respected figures of their particular industries. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just that it's like you know, whoever that you, whoever that they appointed to head finance, uh, it doesn't make a lot of impact. See, mm. uh, so I don't see any, uh, you know, anything wrong. I mean, anything. Uh, I would say uh, this kind of thing happened before in finance not to say you know, I, I, I respect finance but I have friends who work with finance I don't know whether they still work with finance or not but <laughs> uh, you know uh, from my experience dealing with uh, finance officials uh, you know finance uh, officials they are very enthusiastic you know, they are very mm, yeah absolutely determined and uh, you know they are really you know doing their job you know they really try to achieve that vision and mission and objective of Finas, try mm. what is Finas supposed to deliver. But it's just that the, you know, I don't know whether there is other, a better words that can substitute what I, I want to express, but I, the only way that I can put it, Finas is this agency that, you know, being in the middle of, I would say, quite toxic industry. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that is my view on the industry itself. Uh, because the government has been pouring a lot of 
uh, incentive, uh, support, and all that, but it doesn't really move. But uh, you know, it's quite sad when, uh, from the general point of view, and Fina's name being being spoken, it always being tied to a uh, sensational news and you know, like uh, gossipy kind of news, rather than what they are supposed to. Rather than good news that they only managed to do this and that for the industry. Yeah, mm. of course they managed to do that uh, to achieve something for industry. But people doesn't seems to care what they you know what they but the public or the general always uh, public always heard about finance is all this uh, sensational news, this controversy, this scandals, all that. Mm. So yeah, I, I pity finance actually. And the fact that you know, I actually, to be honest, if you ask me, I, I'm, you know, it's a good thing that they put Mr. Zakaria as the chairman of Finas. Not mm. to say that he's good, just to just to show that the government still care about Finas. So far, you know, it's always a bad connotation that been tied to Finas mm. because of the industry stuff. How it's presented so, to the public, basically, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I certainly understand where you're coming from. I have a slightly different view, uh, of course, but but I understand where you're coming from. Um, the idea of uh, the 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 name of Finas too much. Um, for some people, is is not something that will evoke positive feelings, and and it can be a bit tricky, of course. Uh, slightly off, slightly off topic here, but I remember in uh, twenty fifteen when we organized the. Young Filmmakers Forum, um, we brought an Indonesian filmmaker, Aldo Swastia, over to, well, over to Finas. <laughs> we, we held the uh, event there to discuss uh, things related to, um, you know, film industries and whatnot, you know, uh, in in Malaysia, macam mana, in Indonesia, macam mana. And, and what he shared with me was basically how he felt that he was impressed by what Finas has to offer. Um is is not the exact same thing that they have in Indonesia. Uh, different contexts, of course, different country, different groups of people and whatnot. But nevertheless, uh, a lot of positives to be borne in mind. And perhaps in a future episode, we can discuss more specifically about the the pros and cons of Finas, the actual corporation itself. Uh, for now, however, let's just uh, get back to the point and and stick closer to the appointment of um, Zakaria, uh, Mr. Zakaria, as as the chairman. I think um, automatically. Um, my my main concern is not so much whether he has a film background or not, but the kind of skills and and interests, if you will, that he brings uh, to the table. Um, he has claimed that he wants uh, a Malaysian film to win an Oscar. <laughs> it's just, I think it's just like a cheap uh, thing that people say whenever they are appointed to these roles. Um, but him saying that, and then him kind of almost backtracking by saying that it was kind of like a joke or whatever, in a way. Um, the, the impression that I get is not a good one uh, because it suggests that this is not the informed or enlightened opinion that someone leading um, something like Finas should have. You know, it's, it's not, of course, not an easy thing um, to, to win an Oscar or to be nominated or, and, and whatnot. Perhaps it's okay to have as a target um, in, in the much bigger picture, but there, there are other issues that is uh, a lot more pressing and a lot more critical uh, to be considered. 
he, he mentioned earlier that he will be working with a group of people. Uh, let's go through the group of people already announced um, as the deputy chairman and, and the board of directors, members of the board of directors. Uh, the deputy chairman, um, the deputy to uh, Mr. Zakaria will be Norman Abdul Halim, the CEO of KRU Studios and KRU Everything Else, usually also the producer of their films. We're talking about films like Chichap Man, 29 February, Hikayat Murung Mahawangsa, Vikingdom. So there's, you know, someone with a good track record or a certain background that you would like to have um, being involved in this particular context. Um, the other members of the board of directors, um, we are looking at nine people. Um, Professor Abdul Razak Mohaidin, director of films like Anak Mami, Cinta Kolesterol, and Badang. Um, I have to include Badang in there because his appointment is the one that has caused one of the biggest consternation amongst uh, the film community or certain members of the film community in Malaysia. Uh, we'll probably address that a bit more in a short while. It's also the Dean at the Faculty of Film, Theatre and Animation in University Technology Mara, aka my former boss. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I probably need to watch what I say here. <laughs> Um, but we'll get to that in a short while. Uh, other, other members of the board of directors include uh, Aislan Yusuf, an actor. Um, he's acted in quite a number of, of films um, in Malaysia. Uh, Dennis Kumar Ragupathi, an actor and producer. Um, producer for uh, Vedigundu uh, Pasange. Sorry if I'm butchering that pronunciation. Um, but I should get it right because uh, it's the highest grossing locally produced Tamil film in Malaysia, brother winning awards at the Norway Tamil Film Festival, which sounds really specific for some reason. Um, I, I don't wish to, you know, denigrate that, but it's really specific. Um, so they won awards at the Norway Tamil uh, Film Festival and the 30th Festival Film in Malaysia. Mm. Lina Tan, producer at Red Films, uh, producer of also films like Istanbul Aku Datang, Rembat and uh, Golden Ginchu, which... As an aside, ladies and gentlemen, if you are talking about gender and sexuality in a Malaysian film context and you're discussing it um, in an academic sense, you cannot not talk about Golden Ginchu for some reason. Um, it's, it's almost always there in all the papers and, and all the books or whatever. So, so that's there. Uh, she's a she was a, a producer of, of those films. Um, Muhammad Diah Wahari, uh, Chief Information Officer of the Ministry of Communications and Multimedia, so the representative uh, for that ministry uh, on the board of directors, and also former deputy CEO of Solid Waste Management and Public Cleansing Corporation, um, another FINAS-like corporation, I suppose, um, tasked or housed under the Ministry of Housing and um, Local Government. Uh, we also have uh, Siti Juriani Jalaluddin, head of the tax section uh, in the Ministry of Finance, at least these are the information uh, we found uh, in our research preparing for this particular episode. Uh, it could be that they are no longer holding these positions, but nevertheless, it gives you an idea of the kind of background that these people are hailing from. Um, Haris Sulong, um, producer at Current Pictures, uh, former panel of advisor uh, member from the previous uh, Finas administration, uh, because the previous... Uh, Finas uh, administrators, they also appointed what they call a panel of advisors. So they are filmmakers active in the community, uh, actors. I think we had um, Nadira Ilana, we had 
Brompalari as well, um, who were uh, members of this panel of advisors, um, who would share their thoughts and, and feelings about certain things uh, with the, the top people at Finas back then. So in a way, he's kind of been up promoted, I guess, <laughs> from just being a, a panel of advisor member to being a board member. Um, Nor Hayati Ismail, uh, the former director general of RTM, the first Sarawakian to hold that position, um, being the former DG of, of uh, RTM, and also representing the, Sar the Sarawakian perspective on this board of directors. Uh, finally, uh, Rose Patsitibok, uh, senior lecturer at University of Malaysia Sabah, um, it appears that her specialization is in education, uh, particularly in relation to undocumented children. So there's a wide variety of people here, um, you know, in, in terms of states, in terms of uh, ministries, in terms of race even, I think, and in, in that regard, relatively muhibah in a way. Um, all of them will serve for two years starting from 23rd May 2020 until the 22nd of May 2022, unless, you know, something else happens, because this kind of thing um, we can never take for granted. Finas mm. will also have a new CEO uh, taking over from Ahmad Idham, and he will be appointed this coming week. Right now we are recording on the 30th of May. Hopefully this episode will be up on uh, Monday. So yes, this coming week there will be somebody else coming in as well. So I, I guess the, the connection um, here is that this basically is the group of people who will be tasked with the with leading the administration of the Malaysian film scene for the foreseeable future. Um, there's a wide range of names there, brother. I think overall, I must admit that I don't know them all that well. Um, I think someone like Lina Tan has a good reputation. Um, at, at Red Films, uh, if you are uh, a student at a Malaysian university and you want to do an internship, uh, Red Films is almost always a Redcoms, um, which is like the, the sister company or something like that uh, to Red Films, uh, almost always um, one of the chosen destinations for people who want to go there. Um, and they have, uh, in terms of the films that they make and whatnot, also uh, a good reputation. Uh, Norman Abdul Halim, uh, yeah, we can say all sorts of things about him um, because uh, KRU Studios uh, have been a mainstay of the Malaysian film scene and they, they're always looking to get the best bang for their buck um, rightly or wrongly in the making of the films uh, they're always pushing a bit more of the boundaries uh, certainly if you look at films like Chichap Man 29th February I think 29th February is the first 3D film a Malaysian 3D film if I'm not mistaken uh, but the person I'm most familiar with is uh, Prof. Reza. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, my former boss at the Faculty of Film, Theatre and Animation uh, in UITM. And uh, someone I will spend a bit more time talking about because his appointment here is the one that has uh, made a lot of people feel very, very upset. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> and to be honest with you, I think in, in, in a more general sense, uh, a lot of people have a very... Uh, negative view of him uh, and his films which uh, I can understand um, I think certainly his more recent films um, have not really met the, the standards of the earlier films he made um, I think he's, he's been quite active, maybe a little too active because he's a busy guy to be honest with you 
dia banyak filem dia buat bro. <laughs> I don't even know how many films he's made now. Like literally, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, there's a lot. Uh, also being the dean uh, of Fita, um, a heavy duty task. Being a dean of any faculty is heavy duty, um, but at Fita as well, um, it's you know it's a lot of work. Um, what can I say about him? Uh, by and large, I, I think here we go on a personal level. I, I don't really have any that many issues with him. Um, we we got on well. We we have gotten along well. Um, and I, you know, in terms of being a leader, he's always been very direct. And that's something that I think it doesn't really sit very well with a lot of people. Um, which is not to say that I agree with him or whatever, uh, or everything, but in terms of the leadership style, what I've noticed is that he basically knows what he wants uh, and he has a strong idea about how to get what he wants. Um, so that can sometimes make you know, people feel a little uncomfortable. Um, in some cases, maybe more than a little uncomfortable. My take on this, in a more general sense, is that it seems very friendly towards people who are making mainstream feature films, but not so much to people who are uh, making independent films. Um, that That's my my first takeaway, and, and main takeaway from this. Uh, it feels like uh, if you are going to aim for popular cinema in Malaysia, uh, there's, you know, these are the people who have a track record of that. Any thoughts? Me? Mm, yeah. Who else? <laughs> Not my son, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a corporation, you need to have a board member, right? And looking at the list of the members, mm. it's, not, it, it's, not, it's, it's nothing new. I mean, being part of a government agency as well, we also have a board member coming come from, you know, different background. Mm. Uh, of uh, expertise and discipline which being appointed is, uh, to serve certain objective or mission and of course you know uh, of finance of course every job agency always have a issue of finance mm. most, of the case, most of the time I'll have a representative from MOF because mm. the tech issue you know, since finance giving up tax uh, exemptions funding and so on so, mm. so it's normal themselves, they want to help themselves. 
you know, they don't want to help them. And when something, when bad things happen, they put the blame to feed us. Mm. So that's all. So, so it always become that vicious cycle. So that's my thing, Finas. I think it's the instability, brother. I mean, it's just it's just too much connected to the bigger picture politics, Kavanta. Because I feel, much yeah. I I I think more seasoned observers may have a different perspective here. But it's not a matter of South Korea, the President Baru, and then uh, the Korean Film Council gets a new uh, all change. Uh, you know, all decks on hands, I presume, uh, all hands on deck, uh, rather. I mean, you, know, you change the leaders right at the very top. Um, you know, um, Australia gets a new prime minister. Everyone at Screen Australia, much I'm okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs> you know? um, British Film Commission or British Film Institute's more. Yeah, you know, they they had new uh, elections uh, earlier this year, yeah. but I yeah. didn't. I don't know. Again, yeah, yeah, people who I, know I, I better. What, yeah, I get what you mean. Actually, yeah. Yes. So I, I feel I, like I, macam finasi macam. Yeah. Maybe it's just too visible or it's seen as too important because like, every time there's someone new, something new in the bigger picture, it doesn't matter the kind of work that you do in, in, you know, on the ground. Um, you know, for the sake of change, people come in and change. And then whatever good work that is done, uh, nope, get it out of the way. So that's, this instability is yeah. just... It's like a, it's like a cancer in a way. Um, I don't, I don't yeah. wish to demean the, the the use of the term cancer, but um, so many people come and go um, every few years or so. There's there's no real opportunity to lay down systemic change that is actually very um, constructive. Like uh, Kamil Osman before, when he was the director general, he had some ideas which I look at and I thought, yeah, that's good very friendly to filmmakers who want to kind of push forward to go beyond uh, onto the international stage, you know. There's this whole uh, scripting um, workshops and and, and ideas. uh, He did a pitching center, I think, which, again, you know, we can debate the pros and cons of that. I thought it was all right. But the point is, when when he was gone, I don't know whether it's still around anymore. Maybe it is. But the point is, you know, yeah. new government, I, 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 new people at the top, some more bruba, and it's just quite sickening to be honest with you. Yeah, I got what you mean, but the thing mm. is, I mean, I've been dealing with a lot of government agencies. Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being part of government agency as well. Most of the time, when you know the political, there's a, there's a political move at the top, mm. it really doesn't change the core of uh, our our scope. You know, like Madrid, Madrid, MDEC, mm. they all still do the same thing. But that's not the case with Finas. Yep. You now see what happens. You have MDEC looking after creative industry. Mm. You have uh, if, uh, even CyberView now, the, the land owner of CyberJaya looking at this creative industry. Mm. And most of these new generations of creative people who work in the industry, they, they are more keen going to uh, you know, leverage on the likes of MDEC or CyberView rather than Finas because they see Finas as a dinosaur. Mm. You know? So, I, you know, so, so it's, it's, that's why I say it's a, it's a sad case with Finas. It's this area, you say it's a cancer. Mm. But you think cancer eventually kills uh, you know, those yeah. who 
have it, but Vietnam has already had this cancer for ages. <laughs> you know, it doesn't die. You know? mm. It's like Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we are going to move on. Maybe the first thing they should get going with is um, a standard operating procedure for filmmakers to work in a COVID-19 or post-COVID-19 context. Um, the short version here, uh, or the context here, is that there's a, you know, of course, COVID-19 thing going on. The movement control order was announced in March. Um, and right now, in Malaysia, uh, we have what is known as a conditional movement control order, uh, still being implemented with terms and conditions. Um, this was implemented on the 4th of May, uh, also the birthday of Audrey Hepburn, which allows certain sectors to go back to work by not filmmaking. Uh, but then a lot of people started to lobby um, the government uh, and then the, the the different ministers basically say, okay, fine, you know what? If you want to make films, you are allowed to do so after Raya, um, possibly starting on the 1st of June. But I, to be honest with you, tak jelas, um, at least from, from uh, my understanding of the situation. Simply put, after 60 days of the CMCO or, or MCO, unlike a lot of other industries, there's no real guidelines that we can work with um, in terms of, you know, discussion, debate, uh, consideration as to, oh, yang ni okay ke tak, uh, yang tu we need to improve a bit more. For now, uh, I'm going to jump to Nadira Ilana, a filmmaker and former FINAS panel advisor uh, on this subject matter. She has been uh, sharing her thoughts very passionately, very eloquently on this subject matter, uh, and she has even posted a video on the 22nd of May uh, on this very subject matter. Uh, I'm going to share some excerpts from that video because I think it encapsulates a lot of what we think and feel about this particular situation. Uh, and she lays everything out in, in a more uh, constructive and productive manner. So this is Nadira Ilana and her thoughts on uh, the SOP situation uh, in the Malaysian filmmaking context. I am making this video uh, in hopes of reaching Dr. Hisham Noor Abdullah, the Director General of Health in Malaysia. Already now we are seeing in the news that tens of thousands of people are being turned away on the highways in Semenanjung uh, because they're trying to balik raya. Tens of thousands is a big number. I, I believe that people are going to be celebrating more responsibly this year. But all it takes is one asymptomatic person or one irresponsible person. Devil's advocate here, orang Sabah juga kan, but if people are drinking tapai, <laughs> one tajau, you can have like five, tiatau berapa orang, but we want to share the tajau together from the same straw. It's been about 60 days since the MCO has been announced and things have been pretty quiet, to be honest. And during that time, there has been a lot of uh, anxiety, which has led to people sharing different uh, versions of film guidelines through WhatsApp groups and informal channels, including what is uh, apparently a draft of the standard operating procedure that the government is about to release. And this is causing a lot of reason for concern for me because the thing is just like people need time to be able to process and understand these SOPs and firstly as well it's like we need to stop calling all the film guidelines that are out there the ver the different versions SOPs there can only be one SOP and that should be the one that is released 
by the Malaysian government and approved by the Malaysian government. This is going to be an unpopular opinion. I do want film production to resume, but I just don't think that this now is the right time. No other time in the Malaysian year do you have three major festivities happening back to back. It's not just Raya, you also have Kamatan and you have Gawai. Your lives matter. You know, and we have come too far in this journey of having to stay at home and go under lockdown to have another wave come about now. And with that, I just want to say thank you again so much, Dr. Hisham, for all your great work. And I hope that you will please take my suggestions into consideration. Right, that was Nadira Ilana sharing her thoughts on the subject matter of uh, filmmakers in Malaysia uh, working at a time of recording without a standard operating procedure when it comes to uh, filming in uh, COVID-19 context. Uh, I must admit, brother, I agree with her. It only takes one, after all, right? You know, um, I think we, we have to be as careful as we possibly can. What do you think? It's not easy to, to have this set of rules, social distancing, and, and um, frequent hygiene uh, uh, habits. Mm. And people are already used to certain, uh, to certain way of doing things. Plus, you know, the industry, you know, the, the, the yeah. people who work in this kind of industry, you know, it's, a, it's a risk against times. You need to make deadlines and whatnot. So with all this SOP, you will see as a hindrance. So eventually, people will just break it. And then the spread start to exercise. There will be a new cluster going on. Mm. And... Uh, you know, we just see how it goes. You know? So, yeah, SOP always bring a conflicting mm. opinion from those who will be affected by it. It's normal. Yeah, yeah, understood. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you entirely. Uh, I understand. Yep, there'll be a lot of people who will probably not take it as seriously. Um, I think for my part. If we have something we can work with, then you can start to feel comfortable whether we can implement it or not. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a new Let's have something on the yeah. table, faham tak? Because yeah, yeah. this is something that, I don't know, whether FINAS ke, whether the, 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 the ministry ke, the government ke, apa ke, macam, you know, whoever who he want to deem to be in charge here. And even that can be a, a, a nebulous concept because the government we have right now in Malaysia Quite frankly, not the one that we chose. Um, you know, not 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 the one that we chose in in the elections, uh, which is not easy for me to say. So, but ada orang muah jadi PM, bro. You know, <laughs> um, really not in favor of the way in which they came into power, uh, and connecting it to this um, situation, not in favor of how all these drastic changes also means that benda-benda macam ni. Uh, I think by now we should already have something. After the break, we are checking in with our brothers and sisters in India and the United Kingdom to see how they do it over there. And of course, we are going to delve a little deeper into the Snyder Cut, which has, has been confirmed by uh, Warner Brothers. So we'll check that out and we'll see you in a short while. Don't go anywhere. He's a Batman. So you're fast. That feels like an oversimplification. I'm putting together a team people with special abilities. You see, I believe enemies are coming. Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Yeah, I, I need friends. 
Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. We're back for the second half of today's episode. Uh, time's running short, so we are going to breeze through as quickly as we can. Um, let's look at the British context, where the British Film Institute is leading the BFI Screen Sector Task Force across industry group. Um, that you know brings people together to discuss what they can do um, in terms of uh, filming in the coronavirus world. Uh, the British Film Commission a part of the task force, is leading the drafting of the codes of practice for film and high-end TV drama production. So basically, these are the guidelines. Um, the, the draft is already has already been made available to the relevant parties. Uh, runs for about 30 pages, breaking it down into 27 different areas. Uh, some of the highlights here. All crew members to undertake coronavirus safety training two days before a shoot. Hmm. Okay. Every shoot should have like a, a COVID-19 supervisor with authority to stop work and provide daily briefings and on-set reminders. Um, yeah, that's one way of supervising stuff, keeping everyone in, in line and whatnot. Temperatures to be checked twice a day with those uh, symptomatic to be sent home on private transport. Um, yeah, uh, we can get on board with that as well. Uh, this is what we talked about earlier. Cast and crew members should maintain a two-meter social distance and work back-to-back -back or shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder rather than face-to-face, -face, um, if, if possible. So basically, um, they, they should maintain the social distance, but if they can't maintain the so social distance, then they should avoid face-to-face -face contact at, at all points. Um, feels like we're going to have a lot of films <laughs> where characters... It's going to be very artsy-fartsy, Timothy you know? You're going to be declaring your love for the other person, but you're not doing it face-to-face, -face, but back-to-back, -back, shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> um, I quite like this idea on mental health. Basically, provisions for mental health should also be made because people can be quite stressed about these kind of things. Um, and brother, uh, I think your catering company will have to shut down. No communal food preparation, storage or serving, and prioritize single-use foods and eating utensils. So... Sorry, brother. We have to curtail your dreams, at least in the British context. Um, well, too bad. Too bad, yeah. Well, maybe you have more luck in India. That's where we're going to get to because uh, the Producers Guild of India released a back-to-action report outlining safety measures for the world's biggest film industry, uh, or industries, rather. Um, a lot of these are very uh, sensible, very common. You can guess regular hand-washing, using three-ply masks, uh, social distancing, um, training and, and daily drills to ensure precaution. This is quite interesting. Crew members to wear different color-coded bands um, to kind of denote their different roles in the production. Uh, those above 60 uh, in terms of cast and crew should be avoided. As in, as much as possible, try not to hire uh, cast and crew members uh, who are above 60 years old. Um, 60 and above, really. So, is this the end of Amitabh Bachchan? <laughs> uh, at least for now. Uh, we will see how it goes, of course. Again, I'm being flippant. Um, uh, one or two dedicated anti-COVID-19 boys uh, or supervisors to ensure procedures are followed. Um, the first three months of a shoot, uh, a certified nurse on set. Um, and... Also, an ambulance uh, to be uh, provided as much as possible, um, you know, uh, on set as well. So I like that, I must say. Again, uh, I think 
your catering business will not take off here as well because food should be brought from home. So, yeah, unlucky, unlucky. Um, pre-production as well. This is quite interesting because they go the the the, the full nine yards. Um, auditions should be done online. Um, costume fitting and whatnot should be uh, minimized if possible. Uh, also, different makeup artists uh, for different actors and extras. I mean, it's quite detailed. Um, and this is the kind of thing that we were talking about earlier. Whether you like it or not, the point is there's something here that can be discussed and can be considered on a deeper level to see whether it works for us um, or not. So, something like that. Um, hopefully, Malaysia will... will probably uh, take a closer look at what the British and, and the Indians uh, have gotten going and see what's what. Um, but that's that, brother. Enough for the COVID-19 talk. This is what yep. we really want to talk about. <laughs> the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. I don't really want to talk about Finas. I want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finas is good, but this one, this is the meat of, of this particular sandwich, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it has been announced recently that the Justice League uh, will be re-released. Uh, the new version to be released uh, will be the mythical Snyder Cut, the so-called director's cut by director Zack Snyder. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, he left the film in post-production, I believe, and then they had reshoots and whatnot with a different director, Joss Whedon. Um, and so the, the final version that came out was not really something that, that people see or saw as the, the true director's vision of, of the Zack Snyder. Um, this new version may come in as a four-hour film. I'm big, uh, <laughs> Or a quality television series of multiple episodes, uh, like Game of Thrones or something like that. Um, it will come out in 2021 on HBO Max, uh, currently uh, the home of Harry Potter and Friends. Uh, the director, the production team now uh, putting back together the band, the actors uh, and, and the crew members, possibly uh, costing an estimated 20 to 30 million, uh, which sounds like a lot, but we do need to contextualize this. I'm seeing this as new content for the streaming service that is HBO Max. So, if we are to contextualize it as as, uh, as like new content, like a new long four-hour film or, or television show, then it kind of makes sense uh, in a way. Something worth bearing in mind, The Game of Thrones, the first season cost uh, 60 million. So, so, just bear that in mind. So, this is like a, a third or half of, of that. Uh, I think it's good content that may uh, be very, very good uh, for a new service uh, that has been launched in the United States. Here's a quote from Zack Snyder. It will be an entirely new thing. And especially talking to those who have seen the released movie, a new experience apart from that movie. You probably saw one-fourth of what I did. Just a quarter, brother. Brother Moose, your thoughts? If you ask me, like I'm excited to see it or not, I'm not really excited. You're not really excited? Yeah, what? I'm not really excited. You're not really, you're not excited about anything today. Call me up a hell, bro. Yeah. Okay, good. No, I'm, I'm just being realistic. <laughs> you're being realistic? Yeah. Okay, fair enough, uh, fair enough. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, the thing about Justin, yeah, it's, 
it's not a cut. Okay, it's not uh, like uh, uh, and uh, uh, further adaptations of Justice League. Mm. It's an existing that have made it to the cinema. In it's an span of uh, of that that movie. Well, no, here's the thing. I found Justice League pretty much the same as you. I I wasn't impressed. I'm still impressed. In an event, mm. uh, you know, Justice League is now available on Netflix. I don't I don't even bother to watch it. Ooh, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I might. You know, I I will eventually one day. But <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just don't feel like I want to watch it. My point is, in my opinion. A good figure can stand on its own. Mm. Because of what cut that makes it together. I mean, look at Cinema Paradiso. A huge chunk of that, you know, very important story I've been put up from that, uh, from the Tether Cut. It's still it's a very good film. Mm. And then when the, the new, the Novo Cinema Paradiso being re released with the new, con- the new material, with the, the original. Cut supposedly mm. give a new experience. So it doesn't matter whether what cut they made to the theater. If it's not good, it's not good. You know, okay. So, and, and you know, Zack Snyder said that his vision, you know, his original vision is four hours of Justice League. Mm. What kind of movie? <laughs> <laughs> It's four hours long. Who the hell wants to? I think Martin Scorsese wants to get in touch with you. Um. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I mean, uh, yeah, it's a, it's just, it's just kind of, uh, I mean, even the, just, you know, they cut the movie into two. Hmm. Uh, it's just that, kind of like Justice League, you know, it's not Apocalypse Now, it's not less than the corporate kind of films. Mm. It's a superhero movies. What uh, what kind of content that you want to present for hours long? Mm. You can tell a superhero movies, an epic superhero movies within two hours. Uh, even I think uh, Endgame three hours is pushing it. Mm. I, I mean, being a you know almost forty years old, I don't have time to spend long time watching a movie. For me, a good movie can just deliver within two hours. Two hours and a half max. Yep. Well, I don't disagree and, with you there. Yep. Uh, and the thing about, you know, Zack Snyder is he is a very standing, standing visualizer. Mm. His movie is very beautiful to look at. The visual, the tone, the design, super. But he is not a compelling storyteller. Mm. If you give him uh, existing source material, he can do it. I mean, let me put in comparison to his previous uh, films, mm. Watchmen, not Watchmen. Yep. I actually like it. Watchmen, I like, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Watchmen. Watchmen is one of my favorite movies. Mm. The thing is, many people say that Watchmen is... You know, you cannot make a movie out of Watchmen. It's very, the, the, the film is very complex. Mm. But Zack Snyder somehow delivered it because of what people say about that movie. I've, I, I enjoy Watchmen. 
thing with Oshman is it's based on the existing source material. Mm. So if you read, I mean, I, I read the graphic novel, so it, I can say it's literally a, 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 a translate of each panel of that comic into a silver screen. So he already have a guideline over there. Same goes to 300. Mm. I enjoy 300. I, li- I like it. But when it comes to where he has to make his own story, he has to write his own story, that's, I, you see he's vulnerable. Uh, he's vulnerable. Mm. I don't know whether you remember his one of his films called Sucker Punch. A very forgetful movie. Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Yeah, Sucker Punch. I can't oh, remember. Oh, I, I feel like yeah. I should remember, but I don't, I can't remember the top of my head now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a very beautiful, visually very, you know, you know, if you look at the trailer, if you remember the trailer, it features a, rob- a giant robot samurai fighting a schoolgirl in a maid costume. Oh, and that one was, I, I remember the poster, I feel like, were they riding on a broom or something? No, yeah, something like that. I mean, it starts, uh, I mean, it starts, uh, Emily, I don't know, I, I, I can't remember, is it Emily Peach or Emily Browning? I'm the one of them. All right, okay, okay. And okay, so it's, you know, so it's very beautiful. Visually, but the story sucks. So I just took, you know, infested in the movie, even though, the visual really relates to me. Mm, okay. You see, you, know, you can't even remember that, that the title is a very forgetful Well, to be honest, I, I, I watch a lot of films and I just forget a lot of films as well. <laughs> Which is not to say that the films are forgettable or bad, Gabaga. I, I think it's just me. Might need to see a doctor, Gabaga. But, but yeah, I mean, no jokes, brother. I mean, some time ago, I went back through the website and then I saw some of the older films that I used to review. I forgot that I've seen these films. And yet, I've written yeah. the review of it. So, yeah, I do have that experience. Um, so, I, <clears throat> I, I will agree with you. I did not remember, I, I did not remember it. But I, I don't know whether it's, it's necessarily a reflection of the film itself. I think maybe other factors are at play here. Maybe in some cases, I want to forget for other reasons. Ooh, so deep. Uh, but yeah, anyways, continue. So, I think Man of Steel is watchable because there's Nolan uh, brothers uh, involved in it. Probably kind of polished the stories. Mm. So, it make you know, it, it is it's acceptable. Mm. It's not to say, you know, it's the same level as The Dark Knight, but mm. at least it's not as bad as Justice League. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, it's not. That was a bit of a mess, yeah. I must admit. I think what I yeah. shared with you back then was after I saw it, I said it was five. Somebody said something about how it was five movies in one, and I, I felt that I agreed with it. You know, so yeah, yeah, you're right. It, is, it, it was quite yeah, nice. I, I, I think we talked about Justice League previously, right? I don't know whether we talked about it or we talked about you with you or someone else. Yeah, yeah. In the WhatsApp, whole movie feel yeah. very disjointed. You know, every sequence feels very disjointed. Something missing. You know, there's no character development, but you see that there are this, this, uh, some of these, some of the sequence where the, the, the actors, the Ben Affleck, Ezra Miller, really playing it out, but mm. you feel like something missing. It's like something not connected from one scene to another. Probably this is what that's meant by 
um, the, the the theater cut is not his vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fair enough to say that. But if you think that uh, your vision of our world is kind of make it to the theater, you might as well just start. You know, don't make a cinema. You know, a cinema flip. But for hours, you might as well just go straight to the to the you know uh, stream services road because what. Just recently came out like 2015, like, 13? I remember. Mm-hmm. I think recently Netflix already around for the time. You can actually just go to that road. But no, yeah. And uh, of course, there are a lot of politics going on. I can't really talk about this. This is what I, you know, this is what I, why, why I'm staying up, up, up until 1 a.m. in the morning. I just want to talk about the static. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I understand. I, I, I'm not staying up until one o'clock in the morning. It's nine o'clock. <laughs> but still, um, <clears throat> I understand where you're coming from. The point here is that, uh, to be honest with you, yeah, the original film was disappointing. But the reason why it was disappointing is because there's always a sense that it could and perhaps should have been a lot more because this is a, you know, a collection of characters so iconic with a lot that you can work with. Maybe it is too difficult to, to be made into a film, but certainly you you would expect a lot more than than what we saw in the cinemas. It feels like this is a chance to kind of right a wrong. And yeah. and, 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 and for my part, I feel that much I'm, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say no to that. Uh, especially if, kalau dia nak buat, dia buat lah kan? Because this is their money. <laughs> so, it's not, it's not my 20 million. <laughs> Watch it, you know. If this came out, of course I'm going to watch it. Yeah. But to say that I'm excited to to you know to be came out, not really. Okay. Like, fair enough. Okay. Like, uh, it's just that that's okay. You know, I I don't put too much hopes that it's going to redeem uh, the the loss or uh, the wasted opportunities with Justice League. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I but I hope. It managed to actually uh, do some justice to Justice League. <laughs> I like that. Well done, brother. <laughs> Finally, you are on board with the puns. Finally, Point. Alhamdulillah. Only took you a few and years to get here, but still, something to be grateful for. Right? <laughs> and going back to, you know, to this DC versus Marvel, I, I, you know, if you notice, DC is like, you know, it's obvious that we try to actually catch up with Marvel in a way try to compete with Marvel so they bring Geoff Johns his uh, mm. DC answer to Kevin Feige mm. but you know even with him on board uh, it doesn't really took off um, mm. this is the thing I think this is not an anecdote that I want to add Geoff Johns came from background, even though he has some television experience, but his comic book background is much more prevalent. Mm. Just because someone who is very strong background, who actually is the driver of the DC universe in comic book, and you brought it to movies, it really doesn't work. Mm. Doesn't really translate compared to Kevin Feige, uh, Kevin Feige, who really came up, from, really came from the 
cinema cinema producer in Central came from that particular background. Mm. They can translate the story well. That's why MCU is very successful. Uh, even you know they came to the point where they bring Joss Whedon, the first director of Avengers. Mm. Still, they cannot do justice to the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, to be to be fair, he came in halfway. Uh, we must point yeah. out that the 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 personal circumstances here is it was quite a serious one. Um, he came in to replace uh, Zack Snyder in post production, and eventually would conduct reshoots uh, and whatnot. Um, because Zack and his wife Deborah dealt with the suicide of their daughter Autumn, um, and I think they've been taking an extended break. Uh, just very quickly, brother, uh, a, a quote here from Deborah Snyder. The first year was about the milestones and the holidays. Now, it's not those, but other moments, like songs that trigger memories that hit me unexpectedly. Uh, and to be honest with you, I feel that on some level, I think there's a personal side here to the discussion uh, that that Zack Snyder and, and his wife, Deborah Snyder, was and is going through right now. I think maybe, I don't know. I, I, I don't wish to kind of project too much and, in, 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 you know, and wish any kind of disrespect in any shape or form. But perhaps on some level, they, they kind of probably feel like this is an opportunity to close a particular book that has been left quite open um, due to tragic circumstances as well. Um, of course, again, not their money uh, personally, but, but still, there, there's a personal side here that I think we, we do need to bear in mind. No, I think uh, that it, it, it's uh, it's good that Warner Brothers gives them the opportunity to actually uh, you know, complete the, the, the incomplete story, mm. right? Because you know we all know that DC already go to different direction. Now they have Robert Pattinson as that man, Joaquin uh, uh, Phoenix as Joker. So it's like uh, a, a, a reboot of what Zack Snyder has started. Mm. So, and despite that, they're willing to give the opportunity to fan. You know, I have to give credit to what the brothers actually. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I think in the bigger picture, also, maybe we should consider how the final thing that I kind of want to bring up, I uh, just thought of just now. Uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, I feel like, you know, Disney Plus coming out with The Mandalorian and whatnot, um, and, and other streamers coming up with their own macham high concept shows and everything. I feel that like this is probably something that HBO Max um, is probably looking to have as one of their own things, you know what I mean? Especially if it comes out as a TV show. So it kind of makes it a lot more viable for people to spend all this money and all this time um, for what could be a, a, a very good film or TV show, you know? It's not just one film, but it's it's like one, as you pointed out, rightly so, very long film, um, and possibly a TV show. Mm. Well, it's not a new concept to HBO, actually. They already been in the game of producing very high quality. Oh, no, no, no. What I mean series. is, much like, uh, other streamers, not, not new for them, but it feels like now, if you're launching a new thing, you got to have something with that as well. Oh, yeah. that. You know what I mean? Something like that, yes. So yeah. Game of Thrones, yeah. Tapi macam that was so last year apparently. <laughs> so 
um, so I, I'm thinking that's probably something that they wanted to work with to get people uh, a little bit excited about HBO Max. Um, I, I think HBO already, you know, have some dealing with uh, DC uh, or whatever Brothers to the next step when it comes to superheroes because they produce uh, Watchmen, the TV series, mm. which is very, you know, enjoyable, very, very high quality art. Mm. Particularly love it. Uh, you know, I actually I love I. I prefer the TV, I, I really like the TV series more than the movie itself. So, uh, it's not something new for, of course, for, for HBO, but, you know, uh, going back to this four hours uh, Justice League, it's considering that it's going to be on cable or on stream services, mm. I don't think it's going to be a piece of tape. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I probably not. That 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 might push the envelope and make it an R rated, which is much more interesting. Mm. Uh, you know, to, to for me to to see how it going to turn out. Mm. I for one always big fan of R rated superhero movies. So yeah, mm. so go for it. Go and, for give, and given yeah, absolutely. Given the fact that both of us are definitely over the age um, should be no problems with us because the days of any one of us being rejected uh, to watch Starship Troopers in the cinema because they are not deemed to be old enough are long gone in the past uh, just a random example uh, not based on real life <coughs> excuse me oh I suddenly got a cough there anyways so <laughs> we've reached the end I think any more for any more I feel like like did we talk about Finas more than we did about than than we did about uh, Snyder Cut? It feels like we should talk more about the Snyder Cut. <laughs> to be honest, I think we've covered everything that we need to cover. Uh, oh, one more thing: Snyder Cut sounds a bit like a circumcision thing. I could tell you but if I hear it, it sounds like a kind of like procedure um, of some sort. Um, so well, yes. at least we know that it's not a myth because I've been hearing this Snyder Cut thing. Even before Justice League being uh, finished its uh, uh, showing in cinema. Mm. Well, uh, you I, and, I, and over a hundred thousand others who signed a change.org uh, petition, yes. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, back, back, back when that this thing was you know, I was like, these people are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I believe this people in, in denial just because they found that the movie. You know, upset them with the expectations in a way in a very bad movie mm. they thought that you know it big you know, it's not the vision of the great Black Snyder eventually it's, it turns out to be true right? yeah really there's a four hours movie I, I, I think this, yeah. uh, what this another three hours of new content hasn't been shoot yet I don't know Oh, we don't know. So I, I think know. I think such yeah, details I, they'll I, flesh out in the future. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if it's a new material that they're going to shoot. I don't know whether Ben Affleck's still interested to persuade. Mm, I think they are. Uh, apparently, they, a lot of them, uh, Ben Affleck and and Gal Gadot, they they already came out and and have publicly uh, said that you know, release the Snyder Cut, you know, 
<laughs> they, they, they retweeted that hashtag or something like that. So I think on some level, there is that interest. Um, so maybe that, that is a derogatory shoot this stack of material. It just it doesn't make the link get cut. Maybe. Is that correct? Yeah, maybe. Uh, so we just don't know which one is which, right? Yeah, maybe. Oh, it could, it could just be some um, ADR, uh, some extra dubbing that didn't work. Uh, uh, you know, just to to get their voices in there. Who knows? So. And to be to be honest, I didn't. I mean, I watched just sleep. I didn't even know which one, which part is Jack Snyder, which part is Joss Whedon. Mm. Because you know, it looks pretty much bad to me. <laughs> uh, I, I'll tell you the part that is not uh, Zack Snyder uh, the area uh, above uh, Henry Cavill's lips <laughs> oh yeah that one is Joss Whedon right that one yeah. is Joss Whedon <laughs> so, that, that, that's that terrible was a very, that was a very bad after that yeah. yeah I mean just let that guy finish his work in Mission Impossible which is a great movie yeah. anyway Mm. And just you know, just wait for him, and and when you Sabah do all these eh? alterations, uh, he, he looked like a monkey. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you said I, that. I can't believe you said I, that. I, I, even that, you know, that 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 scene doesn't serve any purpose at all. Even if they don't have it, it's pretty much doesn't do any effect on the movie storyline anyway. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Anyways, yeah, so there's that. Hopefully, you are a little more excited about it, though, before we end for today. Are you excited or a little bit more excited about it? I'm interested to watch it, but to say I'm excited. Okay, I'll I'll take that as a yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to to put it in perspective, I'm not going to subscribe to this blue bag just to watch... I'll wait for the I wait for the the the, the thing. Then I'll uh, I'll consider to whether to go for HBO Max or not. Because I have HBO, I don't think it's going to be available on HBO. Hmm. But we'll see. Okay. Fair enough. We shall see. Uh, what the situation is like in twenty twenty one. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, it is the thirtieth of May, twenty twenty. Uh, this episode should go out. Soon enough, uh, in, in early June, for your enjoyment. Um, we're going to bring this show to an end for now. Brother Moose, any more for any more? We're good? Uh, I'm good, man. Good to know, brother. All right, I'm good here as well on my end. Um, thank you very much, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for your time and for your efforts uh, to uh, listen to us here. Um, yes, uh, thank you to you as well, Brother Moose. Thank All right. you, everyone. Release the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut. It will be released sooner. And we'll see you guys in, uh, what, 2021? <laughs> <laughs> to talk about this. Hopefully we'll see you guys a little sooner than that. But for now, uh, Brother Moose, say goodbye. Uh, bye, everyone. Yes, and it's a goodbye from me here as well. Uh, have a nice day, night, evening, week. We'll catch you when we catch you. Bye-bye. It's okay, I just want to play. Unplug for the day.